The Hamlet Podcast, episode 55. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Macbeth with me, your host, Connor Hanrity. Having left poor Macduff gobsmacked at his various revelations, Malcolm now turns his attention to a doctor who has just entered. Leaving Macduff to think about it all, he says, well, more anon. And he asks the doctor what's going on at court today. Comes the king forth, I pray you. Malcolm is wondering if his host, King Edward the Confessor, will be making a public appearance today. The doctor replies, Aye, sir, there are a crew of wretched souls that stay his cure. Their malady convinces the great assay of art, but at his touch, such sanctity have heaven given his hand, they presently amend This is a weird little historical detail that Shakespeare has put into the play. For several hundred years, it was believed that the kings of England, and indeed France, had healing powers. The king's touch was said to have miraculous abilities, particularly against a disease called scrofula. Edward the Confessor was the first king to display these powers, and rather conveniently he was the king of England at the time Macbeth was on the throne. Also worth noting, King James, the intended target of so much of the play's flattery, was also known to perform it. So, another excuse for Shakespeare to curry favour with his patron. The doctor describes a crew of wretched souls, sick people, that are here in the hope of the king's cure. Their sickness, or malady, is sufficiently advanced that it convinces the great assay of art, or in our terms, is beyond the help of conventional medicine and its art. But at the king's touch, they hope, they will be instantly healed, or presently amend. Because this is how holy this King Edward is. Such sanctity hath heaven given his hand. Apart from flattering King James, there's a much more important reason for this mention of King Edward. He is the polar opposite of Macbeth, Edward is very holy, while we keep hearing of how devilish Macbeth is. Malcolm says, I thank you, Doctor, and after his brief little report, the Doctor exits. Malcolm is curious and asks, what's the disease he means? Perhaps Scotland's ills are more political and psychological, so Malcolm doesn't know what the Doctor meant. We might call it scrofula, but according to Malcolm... "'Tis called the evil. "'A most miraculous work in this good king, "'which often, since my here remain in England, "'I have seen him do. "'How he solicits heaven, himself best knows, "'but strangely visited people, "'all swollen and ulcerous, pitiful to the eye, "'the mere despair of surgery, "'he cures, hanging a golden stamp about their necks, "'put on with holy prayers, and, tis spoken, to the succeeding royalty he leaves the healing benediction. With this strange virtue he hath a heavenly gift of prophecy, and sundry blessings hang about his throne that speak him full of grace. It's quite a lovely metaphor for this literal illness to be nicknamed the evil. Here in England we are seeing a goodly king reaching out to his people and curing the evil that afflicts the land. 
It's not the most subtle contrast. After all, we've been hearing about poor Scotland and its evil. But the language Malcolm uses is very beautiful. The image of Edward seems almost to glow with goodness. His healing powers are miraculous, a most miraculous work in this good king. Malcolm has seen it with his own eyes, seen it often during his here remain in England. Malcolm says that whatever way Edward prays to or solicits heaven is best known to the king himself. But however he does it, he has been curing the sick. These people, strangely visited, which is a terrific euphemism for people with illnesses too advanced or too unusual for medicine, all swollen and ulcerous, pitiful to the eye, the despair of surgery, have all found cures at the hand of the king. Those who receive this miracle are given a golden medal to wear as a record of his cure. Shakespeare's sources don't mention Edward having done this, but the tradition developed in the centuries that followed, and it certainly was all part of the process by the time he was writing the play. So, of course, Shakespeare paints the full picture. Goodly King Edward, healing these people and then putting this golden memento around their necks as he blesses them with holy prayers. Very smoothly, Shakespeare weaves in a handover, explaining that the rumour is that Edward will pass this gift to his successors. Tis spoken, to the succeeding royalty he leaves the healing benediction. Not only that, Edward apparently has a gift of prophecy. But it is heavenly, rather than coming from anywhere else. The man is so good that all manner of blessings are associated with his throne and rule, all showing how gracious and good he is. With this strange virtue, he hath a heavenly gift of prophecy, and sundry blessings hang about his throne that speak him full of grace. In this short speech, Malcolm says miraculous, good, heaven, golden, holy, healing, virtue, heavenly, gift, blessings, and grace. It's a radiant picture of this man, one of the most important kings in English history. But of course, every one of these glowing words also echoes against his Scottish counterpart, Macbeth. And after this tiny little window into the world of a good and generous king, we can almost anticipate that something dreadful must be incoming. It is, and Ross is about to arrive with it. But, as ever, we'll save that for the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hear we have attentive listeners as far away as Tokyo. It's so lovely to hear from you, so do get in touch and let me know where you're listening from. Have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time.